This episode of Manage Smarter is brought to you by SalesFuel Sales Manager Training. Based on the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness, it's a 36-lesson on-demand program to upskill your sales manager so they can execute your vision and drive consistent revenue growth. Watch a free lesson and find out more at salesfuel.com SMT. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Work from home modeling today, working from home on your computer, remote meetings, all that kind of stuff, and your server sitting probably in a commercial office space somewhere. How do you protect your data security? And uh, our guest today has an expertise not only in that, but he's got a couple very good thoughts about management as well, Lee. Yeah, and if you don't remember the last time you changed the password on your Wi-Fi router, this episode is for you. <laughs> I think it's way more than that, though. Welcome yeah. to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And it's my pleasure and privilege to introduce you all to Paul Katzoff, the CEO of White Canyon Software, where he continues to drive growth at Direct Sales, Outbound Connections, and Strategic Partners. Now, Paul is an expert on data breaches, can talk with us this morning not only about issues with physically destroying drives, including the environmental impact and data security concerns, but the cost of doing that as well as opposed to just doing a wipe, and he's got recommendations for work from home in COVID-19, and we can touch on a couple other things. Paul, thank you for coming. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you guys uh, having me here, and I uh, appreciate the chance to talk with you guys about data security. Hopefully, we can uh, get into some good topics today. Mm-hmm. So, what's the number one thing you're seeing most commonly, the mistake that people are making with our new normal? Oh, the new normal is going to open up a whole bag of issues and problems, and the first issue there is data. Where is it mm-hmm. and who's responsible for it? And if it gets out, whose fault is it? Whose liability is it? Um, we have thousands, if not millions of employees working from home now. They're VPN, VPNing into their uh, work network. And when they do that, they're downloading that data, the files, worksheets, Excel docs, you name it, onto their home computer, home laptop. Some of them have corporate assigned laptops, so that's not a big deal. Um, but you know what happens to that data? Who has access to that data? Um, is their Wi-Fi router secure? Uh, do, uh, do their kids hop on that computer and send out emails? Uh, are there phishing attacks going on on those home computers? You know, the <laughs> the myriad of problems is endless. It's going to be a headache for chief data officers for the next you know, five years to kind of resolve all of these issues. You know, and my, my kids, for example, are like they're, they're always asking me to open up ports, you know, for their Xbox or their PlayStation <laughs> to be able to play games or something like that. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. But it's like, yeah. that, that doesn't make me really popular at home, but it's like, that's a matter of security, right? Right. And, and how do you know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do? How do you know, you know, these hackers are very advanced and these corporations have spent millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars to protect their corporate networks and all of a sudden, everyone's at their home network. And are they going to protect those home networks? Are they going to limit the data you can have access to so you can't really do your job remote? How do you manage pretty much this uh, the security flaw? And, and when are hackers going to kind of realize this and say, hey, you know what? All this data that we want is now unprotected. It's floating out there in the quote-unquote neither world, or we can you know try and attack and get it. 
you know, how do we do that, you know, properly? So it's going to, it's going to build into some problems for sure. So you're a manager of, of an IT staff, then it has that, you know, that it's hard enough then to manage the internal network, you know, that that's on premises and everything like that. But yeah. how do you go about then having to manage all these home networks out there that are connected then through, <laughs> through a virtual private network VPN to, to your, to your company network? Yeah. So, I mean, they, first off, I have to give them all um, a lot of um, compliments for doing it so quickly. They had a remote workforce, you know, some companies already had a hybrid or, you know, remote workforce, but everyone went remote there in what a week, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And they got these VPNs spun up. They got the whole, you know, organizations running smoothly, regardless of the data security issues that it opened up. So to that, that was amazing. They did it so quickly and school districts as well, to have all their, their kids work from home, you know, in a week or two, if they'd wanted to do that and set up a project to do that, it would have taken five to 10 years. So I think first off, it's a miracle that we adjusted so quickly. Uh, here at YKN Software, we already had an online phone system. And because of that, we can easily just switch to, to our employees working remote, which happened very smoothly and a lot easier than we were, well, better than we were worried about. So. That part was really good. Um, the corporations out there, though, they're going to hit some speed bumps. They're going to hit some you know, potholes and issues on this, this data security road just because of the, the new norm and what that means and where this data is at. Um, unfortunately, there's some issues there with school districts as well, um, assigning Chromebooks out to different students. Um, and then when they take those Chromebooks back in and reassigning them, are they going to erase them? Is there data or pictures or videos on those Chromebooks, you know, we're into kind of a new um, set of issues that are going to be resolved for the next year, two years in order to get us back to kind of, you know, adjusting properly to all this. I'm going to represent the people in the audience that are similar to me in that hmm. I call the IT guy because he knows how to do all that stuff. And I'm just like, why doesn't this work? So for those of us who are just user error, Audrey, it's user error. <laughs> user error. Yes. Um, user. What are some of the things other than weird emails that come in that don't get caught in the sure. thing? What are the things that are popping up that managers could see that would be a flag that they should go to their tech team? What are the things that I should be looking for? Um, it, the, the list is pretty long there. Um, right off the top is any, um, unnecessary emails or traffic coming from an employee's inbox. So if some, someone else is taking control of that inbox and is, oh, is using okay. it as a kind of phishing, um, phishing point to turn around and try and attack the, uh, the organization internally, that's a first red flag. Okay. Uh, Google and a lot of products out there are already kind of protecting against that. Um, the other red flag is um, just unnecessary activity. Um, if they're VPNing into your system and hitting files and folders and copying and pasting them or moving them or, or anything going on, um, right there, I mean, close off that VPN access, those credentials, remove them, protect your network right off the bat. And a lot of those tools out there do have some security measures on there, but just the any activity that's very high and unnecessary, that's the first clue right there for anyone. Mm -hmm. So okay. let's say that uh, I up, you know, upgrade to my computer or whatever, and I've, and I've got a hard drive, and I, it's got a bunch of stuff on it, and, and it's like, you know, 
I, it might be tempting to sell that computer back you know, to, to somebody or whatever and, 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 you know, and get some cash for it or something like yeah. that. But yeah. I got to think that, you know, something needs to be done with that hard drive. You just, you just can't really just try to wipe it and expect everything to be okay. Well, that's where we're stuck. We have these Windows machines or, or Mac. Um, that, that population is growing as well. But we have this Windows machine with a Windows license on it, okay? So we're all worried that if we take out the hard drive and smash it, all of a sudden now we have a laptop without a hard drive. Who wants that? Now I have to buy a new hard drive. I have to put it in. I have to reinstall it, reinstall Windows, find this Windows key. Hopefully the one on the back of my computer works to activate it. Where do I get Windows to install it? It's just a headache and a nightmare for most people to try and manage that data. So a lot of people kind of just say, you know what, uh, I, you know, I think I deleted everything. I think I'm good. And they let it go. Uh, we have a story, <laughs> unfortunately, we have a story where uh, we sell a, a pawn shop software. We erase computers for pawn shops and put up their logo and some information on, the, on that device as well. And we had a story where a pawn shop sold a laptop. Someone bought it, took it home, ran some recovery software on there, which is free online. You can see exactly everything on your computer, and then you can pay to, to recover it all. And they recovered documents from the mayor of that town. It was the mayor's <laughs> wow. laptop. Yeah, with the mayor's pictures, videos, tax documents, wow. everything on Was there, there anything salacious there? <laughs> no, I, they didn't yeah. report anything salacious. <laughs> good, good question, though. Uh -huh. um, so, so right off the bat, you know, you have this pawn shop. First off, it hit the news. It hit the local news and regional oh, news. So the pawn shop called us up and said, hey, we did some search and we found you guys. What can you do? And we told them about our tool, how we go and erase all that old data as a corporation so that before it leaves your facility or before someone buys it, you can be completely kind of at ease that all the data is removed from it so that your clients are protected that you're working for, you know, your customers are protected that are selling you this, this, uh, this equipment. And then also you're kind of protecting yourself because you touched it. You know, what if there's something on that laptop as a pawn shop or as an organization, are you liable for it? You know, if there's a, if there's healthcare information on that device and that device got out there, according to HIPAA, you get fined for touching it and allowing that data to go through your facility. And that's a $50,000 fine per record, give or take some. So there's some major consequences to not managing data correctly. And I think organizations are kind of, they're nearing that fulcrum of realizing, okay, how can we do it properly? All these data breaches that we've had, all these issues that we hear other people being fined for, let's take this serious because we don't want to get hit with, a, with an X amount fine for something that we, we let through our, our uh, grasp. So. One mistake I see managers make a lot is like when they have an employee that's got a, got a company issued device and they leave the company, whether it be on, you know, of their own volition or, or, or not, you know, and they allow them then to, to wipe the data clean, you know, they, they wipe the, the phone clean or the computer clean or anything like that. Uh -huh. And the problem with that, though, is like there's, there's company data on there that that's the property of the company. Emails right. sent, you know, spreadsheets, things of that nature. And... Uh, you know, that can't be allowed to happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's nice lately is because of the cloud, we have more information stored in the cloud or in our, our work network. So the amount of data on each of the individual device has decreased. But yeah, there's a risk that you're going to erase something. And then all of a sudden, everyone's saying, hey, where's that uh, TPS report? Like, oh, it's, on, it's on Carol's computer. Nice reference. And, thank you. And Carol's long gone. I don't like to talk about do? my flair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a risk there. And I think that's people's apprehension. There's an mm -hmm. apprehension of, oh, if we lose it, we lose it for good. 
And that, what that comes down to is not managing your data properly, not managing who has it, have processes where it's saved or backed up. That way you can feel, you should feel secure in your company or feel confident in your company to erase any laptop or computer at end of life or when someone is, leaves the organization. You should feel comfortable that all that data is gone and I can erase that device because you know, the last thing you want to do is assign an executive computer to another employee and mm-hmm. all of a sudden that employee runs data recovery software and boom. He's got information, private information or investor information that he shouldn't have access to. And all of a sudden you hit a, a liability issue. You allowed that data to enter this person's you know, ownership and, and allow them to find it. So there's a lot of different kind of tenants and, and points here that need to be addressed or are partially addressed by most. And you also got data then that can be, that should be uh, or, or could be used as evidence then in a dispute. Yeah, that the company might be involved in. Correct. Yeah, if there's a, a sexual harassment suit and and somehow the executive's laptop made it to someone else and they open it up and found data or information on there that proved it or or caused even bigger problems, um, all of a sudden you allowed that to happen. You allowed something to, to spiral out of control or, you know, investor information. The SEC closely monitors that and you allow someone to see information that says that your stock's going to plummet in two weeks. And now that person can share that information, can you know run the stocks as well or short the stocks as well, and you allow that to happen, the SEC will come in and punish you. So then you have the destruction of evidence as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's there's quite a bit there that you know with destroying evidence, you know you have people that can remove it and delete it, and all of a sudden you're it's it's a how to say it. It's a nightmare that can be resolved by the right processes and the right data security policies, but it's something that is, hasn't been addressed by, I'd say, about 70% of organizations out there. And I think over the next five years, we'll see up to about 90% take care of that. Uh, there's a new federal data law that's going to come out, data protection law or, or privacy law that's going to come out in the next year or two. That's going to be the new foundation and organizations are going to work to kind of meet that. And then we'll go from there in the future. What's the, I was, my next question was going to be about housekeeping and best practices for a Q going into the new year. But if there's a new law, what is the new law and what do we need to get ready for? So that new, great question. So the new law is still under debate. It's still, um, still going through kind of the, the legislation, legislative process. And so it'll be a while before we know the details of it. What we do know is it will match California's data privacy law, which is, breach notifications, penalties for not notifying customers of a breach. That'll become standard across all the states. Um, also the right to be forgotten and being able to request information to, you know, from corporations that being able to request what information they have about you. So they have to share that with you so you can find out from Facebook, okay, what do you know about me? Send, send me everything you have and you can request that annually from each organization or corporation out there. Interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit, pivot just a little bit to some of your management philosophies? Um, you were talking um, about in your pre-show questionnaire that you think one of the hardest things for managers, in your opinion, is to, to uh, hold people accountable. I find that particularly interesting in your field of work where accountability mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, managers all have personalities and every personality is different and every style is different. And some some managers kind of, um, shy away from holding employees accountable. Others kind of go too far and they hold employees too accountable. And as a manager, it's your responsibility to enforce 
the policies and regulations you have, you know, in place. So it's your job to do it correctly for your employees and let them know what it is and hold them accountable when they don't meet those, you know, whether it's the professionalism of emails or the time they come into work, all those things are all part of holding employees accountable. And uh, managers, I, I can see the fear. I understand the fear. I've done management now for you know, eight, 10 years. I can see the fear on that, but also at the same time, you're allowing your employee to not succeed. You're allowing them, you're allowing yourself to hold, I don't know if it's grudges, but to, to be kind of disappointed in their work and their effort, rather than talking to them about it and laying it out straight, you know, what they're, they're falling short on, what you expect them to do. Mm-hmm. And most of all, what happens is over time you go, okay, well, I'd like to, get, I'd like to kind of get rid of this employee because of X, Y, and Z, well, you haven't really given them the opportunity to improve X, Y, and Z. And so when you go and you, you make the change or you let them go, all of a sudden they may be surprised. They may be shocked that you, you are disappointed in their work and their effort. And as a manager, you don't want that to happen. Nothing should be a surprise for an mm-hmm. employee. They should have very open communication with you. It should be pretty transparent on the work they're doing, whether it's acceptable or not. And, you know, I think as a manager, one of those creeds is just being transparent with your employees, your team members, and being, you have to be fair and honest with them. You can't be, you know, over emotional or over, overly um, hard on them as well, but you have to kind of go down that fine line there. Yeah. If a manager's not going to hold staff accountable, you're going to have some people on your team that hold themselves to a high level of accountability. And it's got to be demoralizing to them that, you know, if they see other people then that aren't being held to the same level of high standards that they hold themselves to. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, there's an injustice to it in their minds, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. There's an old adage, A employees don't like working with C employees. You know, mm-hmm. they, they get frustrated. They feel like they're doing all the work. They're doing all the heavy lifting and this other person's floating by watching YouTube videos every day. It's like a group computer. project in college, you know, it's like when you do all the work <laughs> and then someone shows up on the last day and expects to get the yeah. same grade that you got. Yeah. 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 You're following up with them. They haven't done their section. They haven't done their section. It's a group grade. And two of them say, well, you know, we'll write it for you. And the person says, okay, great. And all of a sudden they turn in a paper and this person, you know, freeloaded through the whole thing. Yeah. No one, no one likes that. There's frustration with that. And it it will always become evident. It will always boil to the top or rise to the surface and it'll be discussed. And, you know, it's best as a manager to hold employees accountable. It's, it can be rough. It can be tough, but it is the best thing a manager can do is, is just say, Hey, this, this should not have happened. Ask the employee what happened, get their side of the story, listen, be empathetic, um, but also lay down the rule at the end and say, hey, you know, we do A, B, and C. It needs to be done in this time frame. This is how it works, or we need you to up at this level. Is this something that you'd like to do, or will you, will you commit to doing that? And let them say yes or no. Let them, you know, uh, buy into the project or buy into that type of policy and go from there. Um, you're the first guest in our show questionnaire to bring up the clashing between Gen X now and millennials. Nobody's really talked about that. But when you talk about a workplace generation that you just talked about awareness of performance, if, mm-hmm. if you've gotten a trophy for showing up, you probably have no idea. You probably think you're doing great. And so can you talk a little bit about what, what examples you have? What's, what's going on with the millennials and the Gen Xers that you see? Great you question. So, so the first the first difference is Gen Xers, we were raised, we came into the office differently. 
When we came in the office, you were not allowed to talk. You were not allowed to get away with anything. You didn't share your opinion, your advice. You came in, you did your job, and if you did anything not that wasn't your job or you did anything incorrect, you were fired. It was just very straightforward, very you know black and white, this is what you do. And so yeah, these, these Gen Xers that are managers that are used to that type of style, that's how they were managed. And you have this group of millennials that are coming in and they've been taught, uh, I don't know if we can agree or disagree on how they've been taught, but they're used to a very kind of open discussion and they want to share their opinions and they have issues with something they'd like that to change. Um, they have these ideas that, you know, it's kind of a group mentality, group discussion. Let's all kind of get, you know, through this together. That's not bad or that's not negative, but what, it, what it's causing in a dynamic with managers and team members is, um, is recommendations from the millennials. They feel they aren't being heard. And the managers are saying, well, I, I don't approve that or I don't agree with that. It's not a democracy. <laughs> if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Thank that's you. Right. <laughs> that's what we all grew up that's with. That's a Gen Xer approach right there. Yes, that's all our, and that, that comes from the, the group above us, the management that yeah. we grew up with. Um, you know, the baby boomers. <laughs> the baby boomers, that's how they manage us. Is okay, was, boomer. That's how, yeah. you know, and it, it changes between generations and there is, it is, it is very hard for some of my managers to kind of work with these millennials because they want to just say, stop complaining, stop whining, do your job. And the millennial saying, you're not listening to me. Do I need to go to HR to tell them you're not listening to me? Oh my the God. Yeah. HR saying, oh, yeah. The manager and HR are both saying, you don't understand. Like you're here, you know, society and voting and jobs and everything. They're all individual and you're working here and you, you know, the man, what the manager says goes as long as it's within the laws. And it doesn't mean you get mm -hmm. to have what you want. And it's, um, you know, it, it takes some training and takes some education to help both understand kind of the new dynamic. Gen Xers have to, to kind of change their style and adjust to it. And millennials have to, unfortunately, have a little bit of a rude awakening to, to go through to understand that, um, you know, just that kind of mentality doesn't work. Unfortunately, with businesses, you do have a boss. He's going to make decisions and everyone follows through and follows those directions. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, it's whitecanyon.com, Paul Katzoff on LinkedIn, and the name of the product that you might want to get that will help you with your data erasure is called WipeDrive. That's a nifty name. Right. So, yep. but we, anybody wants to reach out to you, do you just want to do it through the website or, you know, through your LinkedIn? Uh, go ahead and tweet no. me, LinkedIn. You can add me and message me. Happy to talk with anyone about it, uh, data security or what they're doing or management styles as well. I'm happy to discuss all that. I think I just, I just love this topic of business and, and modern day technology. I think it's amazing. So I'm open for anything. Fantastic. Well, thanks for your time and being on the show. Great suggestions for our listeners and uh, everybody get on that, implement it. Post haste. Thanks, Audrey. <laughs> thanks, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.